Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge high atop the Pete Royster building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia, it's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Carrots watching, candles waiting, Christmas Eve is slowly fading, can you hear him in the night? Close the door, turn out the light. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. And tonight, since uh, well, it's getting close to Christmas... And we decided to get into Christmas mood. We would talk about Silent Night, Deadly Night. We could have picked any Christmas movie, I guess, to talk about. but Not Black Christmas? You know, that's one everybody seems to love who likes cult movies and stuff. The original Black Christmas. Not the I was re- just waiting for you to go there. I'm not even going to talk about that new one that's getting ready to come out. <laughs> what a steaming pile that's going to be. But the remake from, what was it, early 2000s, I guess? Yeah. Which actually watched we watched a couple of years ago. I haven't seen it in so long, and it was a lot worse than I remember it being. <laughs> True. The original Black Christmas I watched it a couple of years ago, and I don't remember seeing it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Finally got a good copy of it. Cool, gonna check it out. And it bored me to tears. Yeah, because I remember you saying it was boring. I didn't. It watch seemed it like with it was you. a lot. Did you watch of, it with Jessica? Maybe. No, no, she borrowed it from me. Oh, okay. But it seemed to me there was a lot of long stretches of just nothing Hmm. now maybe i wasn't the right frame of mind to watch it that day but i thought i was looking forward to it so maybe i'll give it another shot and see but i'm matter of fact the other night at the narrow when i went to see christmas vacation Mm -hmm. some guy came out after and said man why aren't you guys gonna show black christmas this year that'd be awesome i'm like let him know you want to see it but yeah maybe next year so who knows? well regardless that's not what we're discussing now no now we're gonna talk about silent night deadly night 1984? 84, yeah. That's when this one came out. The infamous Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, when this one came out, there was a lot of controversy on this thing. A lot of protests. People, you know, parents picketed the theaters and everything. Really? Yeah. And it I was, was too young to remember that, well, apparently. I was, yeah, I, well, you were too, I guess, but... Uh, no, not really. I mean, I was like 15, I well, guess. Well, maybe too but young to pay, pay attention, attention to it. Yeah. yeah, I was busy doing my own thing, you know. I'm not saying how old I was, but I was too young to yeah. pay attention or know. Yeah, so let's see. You were going to say, if I was 15, that would have made you about, to what, uh, 22 at that point. Oh, so. my word. <laughs> yes, I was 50. I was 50 years old in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, it's bizarre thinking that upon watching this, it's not really, I mean, it's the subject matter is what it is, because the gore and... The movie itself, it's a low-budget horror movie, yeah. and it's not really that gory. It's not that bad. I think the worst part is probably the um, the chick that gets hung on the... Antlers. The antlers, yeah. And it's only because it was so slow. And that was no chick. That was Linnea Quigley. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, you're right. <laughs> of course it was because she puts on her shorts and not her top, so who else yeah, would it be? We'll get back to that in a minute. Yeah, we'll get there, but when you're anyway. we the boob count in this. But no, the, what... The controversial thing about this was the subject matter and the ad campaign. Okay, because when this came out, and you got to think, things have changed a lot in society since 84. 
a lot of things that are more permissible and accepted now weren't it so much then. Yeah. People like killer Santa Clauses now. Yeah. Back then it was on her. Santa Claus was a, a for children. And, you know, you, you don't expose children to stuff like that. You want to keep, which I kind of agree with. I mean, I don't agree to the protesting and all. Yeah. But the thing, let kids be kids, man. I mean, you don't try to, you know. Well, kids can expose be kids. Them to you violent don't take stuff them to this and, movie. Yeah. But the ad campaign was on primetime TV. Oh, okay. And the stuff, the especially the poster and all showing that Santa Claus, his arm hanging out of the chimney holding a bloody axe. Oh, okay. That was the thing. And the trailer showed Santa Claus walking down the street dragging the bloody axe or or, or holding it in the trailer. Yeah. After all that controversy and stuff, they pulled the ads from TV. And then wow. within a couple of weeks, they pulled the movie. Huh. Because it was getting so much bad press. But opening weekend, okay, uh-huh. it opened the same weekend that Nightmare on Elm Street opened oh, in 84. Wow, yeah. And outgrossed it by like uh, over one hundred fifty thousand dollars, nice. one hundred sixty-one something actually, and it opened in twice as many theaters as Nightmare on Elm Street too. Because you got to think that was also a low-budget horror movie right. back then. Back then, yeah, it wasn't a big franchise yet. Yeah. So this did better than Nightmare on Elm Street in the first weekend it opened. All the bad press by the second weekend it dropped forty-five percent. Which, you know, with that kind of press now, it would just make it more popular. Oh, yeah. Well, they tried to re-release it a couple years after that and capitalize on that press, but mm-hmm. it didn't take off yeah. like that. It is funny how things have changed, but anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you take, like we went to that event the other day, that Krampus Knocked event. Uh-huh. I don't remember hearing about Krampus when I was a kid mm-hmm. or when I was a teenager, even a young adult. Right. It's an old legend, but it wasn't in vogue or popular here yeah. until maybe... 10, 15 years ago, maybe. Sure. I'd never heard about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and now it's all, oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Krampus at Christmas. And I'm like, okay. And, and that's it here. I'm sounding like a prude on this because I, you know, I, you listen to the podcast. Have you met me? I love horror. You do. I love everything about horror. And he's a bit of a monster. So I'm surprised yeah. you don't like him. <laughs> but that's just like, there's certain things I like in certain categories. Okay. Yeah. I like Santa Claus and I like Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> and and the Bumble and Yukon Cornelius. I like that's Christmas to me. Right. Now, I like this is a horror movie about Christmas. I really like this movie a lot. Yeah. But I think it's the, I think it's the trendy nature of it. Everybody jumping on the bandwagon and how cool it is. And, yeah. and well, I've never liked that about you, anything. You and I are, are very, very bad yeah. about that kind of thing. We both want to... As terrible as it sounds, we want to rebel. We want to rebel against the trendy <laughs> well, you know, nature of things. And as when things get real popular, we both just kind of want to yeah. go against it well, and just not cool, watch it. Yeah, once something becomes cool with everybody, it's not cool anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. I mean, not necessarily true, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but I, I, course, and then once it calms down, you might revisit it later because yeah. that's what happens to me a lot of times. Yeah. You know, I might like something a lot, and then once it becomes hugely oh, popular, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't want to have anything to do with it because the nature of it and listening to people like the masses uh-huh. go on and on about it. I just get annoyed, yeah. you know, especially and when you're listening to the masses who really don't know a whole yeah. lot well, about like said, it, but they want to say they, they just do. jump that on the just, trendy yeah, bandwagon. That's right. You know? But the Krampus thing just, it, I don't know, it just didn't interest me Yeah, when I, I first it. heard about it. And it still doesn't. And I'm not crazy about the design. You see a lot either. But that's, that's, that's beside the point of all this. And I could go on about that kind of crap, grumpy old man for a while. But this movie, on the other hand, 
<laughs> Getting back to this. What are we like a few minutes in and we've already had two tangents? We're going like crazy this morning. That's all right. Hey, makes for a longer running time. Right on. Indeed. <laughs> but like I said, it was amazing to think this thing outdid Nightmare on Elm Street. But what really hurt it was the ad campaign and all focusing on the Santa Claus when initially, and I think that was kind of changed, if I'm thinking right of what the research I did, closer to the release time of the movie, or maybe this is somebody's opinion I was reading, but if they would have focused more on the psychological aspect of, what's the kid's name, Billy? Billy. His, mm-hmm. his psychological you know, makeup, what was, what was messing him up. Mm-hmm. And then the Santa Claus thing was just a part of it. Right. But putting Santa Claus, like make it more like a psycho film mm-hmm. that happened to take place at Christmas and all that. Instead of having Santa Claus be the, you know, nowadays that would be the big selling point. Though, yeah. And that would make the movie. Right. But back then, and too, you think of other movies that were out of back then, you know, the more cerebral horror stuff. Well, man, I'm thinking more of the 70s. But the 80s were just really coming into being about 84, really. <laughs> So it might have helped the movie a lot. It might have done a hell of a lot better if they would have done that too, you know? And, you and never know. Not so much as helped it not get pulled, but just helped it succeed even more so. But who knows? But the so much, man, so much controversy with it. Even <laughs> Gene Siskel, okay, Siskel and Ebert. Mm-hmm. See, I, I wrote down a quote here. He says, he actually, on their show, you know, at the movies or whatever, he read off the names of the production crew on air, which is common knowledge, you know, and then said, you people have nothing to be proud of and should be ashamed of yourselves. Wow. Yeah. He put the movie down that much. My goodness. And that couldn't have helped it either. Yeah, I'm sure. So I guess both Siskel and Ebert did not like this film. I don't think Ebert did either, but that was, Siskel was the, what the quote and all was attributed to. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, and, and all over the place it was, picketed and protested even phil donahue can you remember the phil donahue yeah, show sure. big talk show guy mm-hmm. he did a whole hour show devoted to it the controversy of it you've made it through halloween now try and survive christmas silent night deadly night <laughs> it's bizarre to think it's bizarre to think that now because it's such I'm not saying it's an innocent movie, but compared to a lot of the movies that have come out since, yeah. it's a pretty innocent little little slasher movie. Yeah, true. And even the gore in it not that isn't bad. much at all. No. But it's the subject matter at the time. Yeah. Yeah, when something was supposed to be not so much sacred, but innocent, the concept of Santa Claus and all that for children. Yeah. Well, I mean, they... And then making Santa Claus like a serial killer to two kids. Yeah. And all the ads. Well... This is one of those that, obviously, notorious film. I've never seen it until now. Yeah. I had no idea what the whole plot was until we watched it today. Oh, good. So when you were flipping through the quotes at the beginning of the film, because on the DVD, do we have a DVD or Blu-ray? No, just DVD. So on the DVD that we have, it's a, it has a disclaimer, not a disclaimer, but a little note at the beginning that has, uh, in order to give you the, the most uncut version of this we've what put together oh yeah from different, different film stock different film from different film stock or different uh sources right so the throughout the film you can tell now and again it, it's not distracting at all but you can tell now and again that 
it's it's from different pieces of film. Like the film might get dark at places when just a second ago it was kind of bright or whatever. But yeah, it's where they they had taken the stuff that it was cut out yeah, and put it back put in. It back and, in. And, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but before that, even Rob was looking through some of the the extras, and there was what did they call it? The I can't remember what the extra was called. It had a a, a witty little name on the yeah. the title menu or the the menu screen. And it said um, it was quotes, I guess, from the paper or something of just random people and what they had to say about why we should or why they should not have made this film and how Santa mm-hmm. was sacred and they shouldn't they shouldn't uh, disgrace Santa's name and Santa's for children and they shouldn't turn it into something terrible yeah. and it was sacred and it was it was pretty weird. It was wild. but you know you think about it even now you think about how silly. That sounds now. Mm-hmm. People protesting that, but look at some of the crap people are protesting nowadays. Yeah, that's just you look at it, you go really. Yeah, really, you have nothing better to do with your time than to, pro- <laughs> than to, to protest this non damn issue. Right. The, oh, I'm offended. Okay, be friggin' offended. Right. Now grow up, move on. I mean, you know, that's a whole other podcast. It is indeed. Because I'll well, go you know, off the silly things that I think of with stuff like this. So. This person has this quote in the paper, and that quote was determined to be interesting enough that they added it to this this DVD. So, who is this person? Random Joe Blow in whatever <laughs> California or wherever they were. And do they know that their quote is on this DVD? <laughs> and what are they doing now? Do Probably they care not. that that movie was ever shown? Do they still feel the same way? Oh, I'm no, jump on the bandwagon stupid, at the time. Stupid I'm sure. crap that I think about. I know it doesn't even yeah. matter, but I would love to know. You know, if I ever wrote something like that, I would really want to know if I was on the DVD now. Yeah. Now the plot of the of the movie. Okay, let's go. Let's talk about that real quick. Okay. Since we haven't yet, it starts off. The movie was made in '84. You flash back to '71, mm-hmm. and it's got a family driving to go see Grandpa at the rest home or yes. the mental hospital. Mental hospital. On Christmas Eve. Utah Mental Hospital. Yeah. The one in Utah. The one in Utah. <laughs> and, I don't know, that made me laugh when we saw it. So they go to see Grandpa, and he's just sitting there vegetative, unresponsive. Yeah. And this this is, kills me, though, this part. The family is like the mom, dad, and the infant. They're going to leave the little toddler there. Said, you stay here Not with Grandpa. Toddler. He was like maybe six. Okay, or six something. or seven years old. Yeah. You leave the little kid here. You know, you stay here with Grandpa, who you don't really know that well, who's like a vegetable. We're gonna go in office and talk with this guy. Yeah. Who would do that? I have. Oh, they did. Anyway, apparently. So when they go away, Grandpa snaps awake and then tells the kid to beware of Santa Claus, and he punishes bad kids. And Santa Claus only brings presents to them that's been good all year. To the ones that ain't done nothing naughty, doggy, all the other ones, all the naughty ones, he punishes. If you're naughty, he'll punish you. And not just if you're naughty, he'll punish you. You have to have been the perfect child all year long, apparently, because if you slip up and are naughty one time, you're going to get punished. That's how he makes it sound. And then, as soon as the people come out of the office, Grandpa snaps back to his vegetable state. Yeah. Which is probably way PC, un-PC to say that. It is very un-PC to say that. So they're back in the car and they're driving, going back home to get the kid in bed before Christmas Eve, before Santa Claus gets there. 
In the meantime, we see Santa Claus, a guy dressed as Santa Claus, walk into a convenience store. Robs the convenience store, shoots the clerk. Bang, bang, bang. Leaves. A family's driving home. Car broke down on the side of the road. Santa Claus waving him down. Uh-oh. Santa Claus goes up to the car and they're like, you need a ride? He says, no, I need your car. Bang, bang. And he ends up killing the parents. Kid gets away. And apparently the little brother gets away. The little infant. Yeah. He doesn't kill the infant either. Flash forward. Four years. Four years. Both kids are in an orphanage run by nuns, which yes. could be very bad. And turns out not to be good. <laughs> and basically, it, the short of it is you see that Billy is... Has issues. He's got issues. It seems like he's probably a, a decently adjusted child throughout the rest of the year. But when it comes to getting Christmas time... Yeah. He's repressed stuff that surfaces. Yeah. You know. And the, the one nun, whose name I cannot remember... The one nun seems to have the right idea and, and wants to get him help, but uh, the mother, superior mother Superior is like you to, would imagine Mother Superior to be, wants yeah. to beat it out but, of him. Know, and but she, Yeah, but she's not as evil as, as, she's not evil. I'm not saying she's evil. No, well, she's I'm not saying like evil. you see a lot of uh, nuns portrayed in other movies. Yeah. She's just not quite, the other nun has a better handle on what's wrong with Billy. Right. She's treating him as, as a behavior problem. Right. And the other nuns treat wants to get him help for his mental issues yeah. to help deal with it. And the mother superior thinks that it's she just can behavioral. just yeah regulate it out of him basically. Yeah, exactly. So yes, mother superior is not evil, but she clearly wants to have she nothing to do with giving him actual help. Yeah. So then series you flash of events. Forward ten years. Yeah. And the good nun helps Billy get a job at the local toy store. Oh my God, I love the toy store. Oh yeah, oh man. That was half the joy of this movie, was looking oh. at the cool toys at the toy store. Seeing all the, they had the box stuff on the shelves. Oh, re, you know, Return of the Jedi toys in the boxes on the shelves. All the other stuff. What is a He-Man kite on the shelf? Halloween costumes, vintage Ben Cooper costumes on the shelves. Yep. I don't know why they're there. I, it, they shouldn't be there, but they were. I don't Unless know. it's just a small time toy store. They just keep the stuff all year yeah, round. Why would it be there at Christmas? I don't know. I don't know. Well, why do they have the Easter bunny blow up? That Easter thing. bunny thing. I had that one. Mine was pink. We also had a yellow one. <laughs> it had the creepiest face ever. Yep. The coolest thing, though. On the shelf behind, when they're showing them stand at the register back on the shelf, was that Dick Smith's monster makeup kit. Oh, I wanted one. It was so bad when I was a kid. And Clayton, that son of a bitch, has one. Uh, actually, he has all. Th I think he has all three of them. Mm -hmm. The monster makeup, the TV makeup, and the gorilla makeup. God bless him, though. Son of a bitch. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cool to see it on, on the shelf in yeah. that shot, you know. Yep. And like um, multiple versions, like multiple copies of things. I mean, like, so that crawl board game, there oh, were yeah. multiple copies. It was just amazing. Yeah, it's it so neat to see it. I need to go back and just pause the movie Oh yeah. at Toy Store scene so we can look at all the toys on the shelf. It was a joy. Another cool thing about that toy store is they had a little animatronic display of the elves and Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. And some of the toys they had out displayed, mm -hmm. you know, in front of the boxes. Where toy stores used to have stuff like that, independent yeah. stores and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was really cool to see. But anyway, through a series of events at the toy store, and it's Christmas, Billy ends up snapping. Yes. And, and <laughs> see, you blame Mother Superior for Billy no, snapping. No, no. I said that it was a couple of things. Yeah. And I, I said that Mother Superior yeah. was a big part of it. 
I blame Mr. Sims, a toy store owner. <laughs> when you see him. He was part of it, too. <laughs> He's drunk and sure. telling Billy, yeah, Santa. Yeah. Go get him. Well, they, they get Billy to dress as Santa Claus when the Santa Claus they have there calls him sick. Right. So that's and Billy is is genuinely a good kid. He's got you know he's doing a good job and, and he's just, just trying, trying to, to help. Yeah, too, he's trying you know. to do a good job for this guy and and he's trying to be helpful. But he snaps. Yeah. Through a couple, like I said, a series of events that happen, and then the drunk story manager uh, is like, "Yeah, Santa Claus, go get him." Don't stop till you get them all. And he basically saying, go deliver the presents and yeah, take care was, of the kids. Exactly. But it sounded like he's telling him to go kill all these people. Because he's he basically is telling them, yeah, you know what Santa's what Santa's supposed to do tonight. But he never says Santa's going to deliver toys for the children. Yeah. But Billy says something like, yes. Punish. He's thinking punished kids. They've been bad. Right. But no one ever says what they're thinking. No, but he's they just, just reinforced yes. what Billy's thinking, yeah, but he exactly. doesn't know, you know. So from here on, it's a slasher movie. Yes. And it's really odd because after, after the toy story, or toy, toy story, <laughs> after the toy store massacre part, yeah, it almost felt like the movie should be done. Like that should be the end, almost. I understood why it's yeah. not because there's there's things left unfinished. Yeah. But then it felt like the movie was another, like it was another part to the movie, like it had changed and well, gone to. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. Smartass. It shifts gears a little bit in, in the flow of it. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's he's left the store and he goes out. He's on his way. He's got a destination in mind. And apparently the nun thinks it's all logical. There's no logic that I can yeah. see. I don't know how he randomly, I don't remember why he randomly selected Linnea's house. I don't either. The nun says it's logical. Other than, maybe we missed other something. than it was maybe between the toy store and the orphanage. Yeah. Because he was ultimately headed to a, yeah. the orphanage. But God bless him for selecting her know. house because we got to see Linnea top. Indeed. There's that. And that's Anyhow, an interesting so, yeah. kill there. The way he kills her, not going to spoil it. But it's a it's a good kill. I think I said something about it earlier, no, but no, it doesn't right. matter. So from here on, it's him getting back to the orphanage. Mm-hmm. And somehow it, it gets out to the police that they're looking for a Santa Claus killer. Yes. Two police are driving by. This is kind of interesting. They're driving by and they see... A Santa Claus climbing up a ladder, going into the window. So they break into this house, and the wife's like downstairs. What's going on? They're like, shh. And they go upstairs, and they bust in the kids' room and go freeze. And the Santa Claus is like, what the hell's going on? And the little girl looks up and goes, Daddy. And, and the guy looks at the cops like, thanks for spoiling it, guys. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and they're like, oh, geez. That guy, who the guy was the dad Santa? playing Santa, breaking in, uh-huh. his name is Don Shanks. Okay. Okay. I know I recognize the name, so I looked it up. He was Nakoma, the Indian friend of Grizzly Adams on the Grizzly Adams show. Okay. Forever. Also, he was Michael Myers in Halloween 5. Huh. So, a little connection there, you know. There you go. Oh, we'll talk about the cast here in a minute. Let's finish the plot up. Which we're basically done, anyway. He, he gets yeah. back I to mean, the, there's a whole he lot He gets of... back to the orphanage. Yeah. And he gets killed. Well, you ruined it, Rob. Wait, you think he was going to live, did you? <laughs> the coolest part, though is he dies and he drops the axe and it lands head first at the feet of his little brother. Yes. Who flips the switch at the very end and looks at the mother superior and says, 
you've been naughty. No, he doesn't say oh, what's he, he say? just says naughty. Oh, it just says naughty. Yeah, because that's the whole thing. Yeah, Billy never said yeah. he never said many words. It was just naughty and, it, and punished. Yeah, it goes to black. So I haven't seen the sequel. We yeah. have it. The disc we have has Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Okay. So we need to watch the sequel to see if it's Billy's little brother. brother. Yeah, if it, him becoming the next one. <laughs> because they actually, believe it or not, they made five of these. Really? Now, three, four, and five had nothing to do with the verse two. Okay. Is it still a Santa uh, no, no, it's they just call it Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's just Christmas stuff. I, it's I think. just killings. No, I know Christmas. the fifth one had, didn't have a Santa Claus because hmm. it's called Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toy Maker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing about this. There's so much protest when the first one came out. Mm-hmm. Even some celebrities weighed in on it. Low budget horror. The next three had celebrities in the leads. Robert Culp, mm-hmm. Maude Adams, and Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. He's in the fifth one, the toy maker. Wow. Must see this now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you've never seen that one, I take it. No, I've never seen I've never seen from two on. So, you know. Wow. Now, let's talk about the cast for a minute. Okay. I already mentioned Don Shanks, which is kinda cool. Yeah. He um, was only in it for less than a minute. Yeah. Somewhat a girl named Glimmer McCormick. Which Glimmer? is an interesting name. It is. Did a lot of T V and stuff, but she was in Godspell. Oh, okay. Very recognizable in that God's was spell. That was the nun. Yeah, the good nun. The good nun. Yeah. <laughs> Britt Leach. Now, see, here's the thing. There's a lot of names in this movie you will not recognize. Right. But faces you will. Okay. Low budget. There's nobody really of note. Mm-hmm. Um, but all these people have done tons of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of them over 100 films. Wow. A couple of them 70 films, you know. Okay. Britt Leach, who played Mr. Sims, the toy owner of the toy store. Yeah. I've seen him in quite a few things. He's been in tons of stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. All over the place. I mean, I can't begin to name you off all the stuff he's done. But it was always just one-offs. Yeah. I, he, I mean, he did. I, I think he did an episode of MASH. Yeah. It, you know, it probably, was never like huge parts, but I've seen yeah. him in a bunch of things. Of course, Linnea Quigley, 80s Scream Queen. Right. Been in every low-budget slasher like that around mm-hmm. that time. The, the guy who played the grandfather in the rest home was a guy named Will Hare, who has been in tons of stuff. Notably for for our interest, he was an Enter the Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I think, he was like the cab driver or something like that, or a local bum, or. Uh, but he did all kinds of TV and stuff in the eighties. Tara Buckman, who's the mother at the beginning, mm-hmm. topless. She was in Cannibal Run. She was the other girl in the car with Adrian Barbeau. Okay, her driving partner. Yeah, she looks like she. What's her name from the Vacation movies? Oh, Beverly D'Angelo. Just at, at like certain yeah, angles for just a, glance, a second. Yeah, she doesn't have the not the not like dead yeah. on. No, but just like just for a second because when it when she first was on screen yeah, like and her I nose saw and her, her eyes or something, yeah, yeah, her just at a quick glance when she was first on screen, I was like, "Hey, wait a minute!" And then I saw her again, and I was like, "Oh, that's not her." But yeah. anyway, go ahead. Uh, the other one who you see may have seen the other stuff, Charles Durkop, mm-hmm. or Deer Cop. He was uh. Well, he played Santa, the the killer Santa at the beginning who robs a convenience store, so you don't really see his face. Okay. But he did an episode of the original Trek. He mm-hmm. did an episode of Batman. Mm-hmm. Most notably, he was in Police Woman mm-hmm. with Angie Dickinson. She was okay. one of the cops. He was one of the cops in her unit. So not that's where you've seen him for apes. a lot. Huh? Said so not using him for apes. <laughs> no, that's instant right there. <laughs> 
that's basically the the cast of the film. Okay. And like I said, all those people together have done a ton of work, a huge body of work. But nobody, you know, there's no name to bank on yeah. to sell the movie. Now, another interesting thing about this is the director had <laughs> a lot of the kill scenes, mm-hmm. had the editor of the film direct those scenes because he was uncomfortable with directing all the gore and stuff, which really? is not much. Yeah. But <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, I thought that was kind of What other neat. stuff has this person directed? Who's the director? Charles E. Seller Jr. And he's only directed four films. Oh, okay. Nothing else of note. (laughs) Nothing I've heard of. Hmm. Uh, The Annihilators, Snowballing, and Encounter with Disaster, the documentary. Alrighty then. Now, he produced a ton of, or was a producer on a ton of movies. Hmm. Nothing, like executive producer on a lot of stuff, and nothing really, some, some TV movies, some documentaries, you know. Oh, producer on The Boogans. (laughs) <laughs> and the capture of Grizzly Adams, there's a Don Shanks connection there. <laughs> anyway, so that was, I thought that was kind of, <laughs> the director was a pussy. So <laughs> Now, the the tit count in this is pretty good. <laughs> Being a low-budget slasher, it should be. Yeah. Uh, you know, what they say, blood, boobs, and uh, it's the three Bs. Blood, boobs, and beasts. But it had more than I thought than I remember. In this, which is pretty fair amount. A lot of blood, a lot of gore, a lot of boobs, and a good killer, a good creature. Didn't have a whole lot of gore, but had some had some decent kill scenes. Mm-hmm. The killer was interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He, you know, his 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 makeup. He didn't he wasn't just a mindless killing machine. He had issues and he snapped. Yeah. And for a low budget thing, you know, it was done pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it had like like I said, it had a fair amount of boobs in it. More it than did. more than I thought it, it yeah, would. Yeah, it did have more more boobs than I thought. A we'd bit seen. gratuity at a couple uh, gratuitous <laughs> a few points. Like that the scene where Billy peeks through the keyhole in the orphanage there and sees one of the I guess one of the nuns with I don't know who the other guy was. The I don't young know if guy that was, was a nun or just another uh like older orphans. Well, they looked though much older than eighteen. Well, you know. But anyway, why was that even really in there? I don't know. It didn't really do much except give him an excuse to... She needed to be able to have something to give the naughty punishment speech. Yeah, I guess so. And yeah. that was it. Now, the way this thing was paced, for me, like I said, not having seen Black Christmas in a few years, it moved along at a pretty good clip. Uh, it didn't really slow slow down, I didn't think. I think it moved along. Mm-hmm. It didn't drag. I wasn't bored at any point in the no. movie. Uh, it's not high art by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it is a fun little low budget horror movie. I think. I agree. And I definitely yeah, I'd watch it again. Sure. Each Christmas, why not? I think it could be a tradition. Yeah. I really, you know, I really want to go back and watch Black Christmas again, though, mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm missing something <laughs> because so many people like it so much. And, and not mainstream like it, but people that like this type of stuff. And I just, when I saw it a couple of years ago, I just don't have good memories of watching Maybe it. you were just really tired. Well, you'll have to watch it again yeah, when you're maybe. not tired. See, But this one, I, I definitely recommend this one. Uh, oh, something I meant to bring up. One of the kind of goofs in this mm-hmm. 
was when they go in the convenience store, mm-hmm. and we have to go back and look at this because I, I wasn't paying attention to everything around the action. I guess that's what they were counting on. That's supposed to be 71. Okay. Okay. The movie was shot in 84. Mm-hmm. They didn't bother changing any of the prices on stuff. Oh. <laughs> and the prices that are bold, like on signs, are 1984 prices. Okay. Like a six pack or whatever of soda uh-huh. is was a dollar seventy or something like that mm-hmm. in eighty four would not be that much in seventy one, and there are a few other things like that that were pointed out in the research I did that yeah. it was like the, yeah the the prices were way over what they should have been for that time yeah and also when he walks in the logo on the door for Mastercard Visa Mastercard. Uh-huh. Was an, an was 84. 84 logo. Yeah, up until 79, uh-huh. it was Master Charge. Oh, yeah. And Bank AmeriCard. Right. It wasn't MasterCard and Visa. Huh. So, a couple of bloopers well, there. Yeah, it's but off. it's little stuff. I mean, yes, it's obvious to people who, you know, knew the time oh, yeah. real well. But, yeah. but it would be like today, if, are... you know, if we made a movie now and flashback to the 80s. Yeah. Gas prices were, you know, $2.17. Like up the street, it's $2.17 when it should be like, you know, 94 cents. Yeah. (laughs) Right. True. Yeah. So that was, uh, kind of, kind of interesting. Now, this is, I do believe it is still available. The copy that I got, I want to say I ordered it off Amazon a couple years ago because, did we show this at Phantasmo? Seems at like the we library did. one time. I can't believe we wouldn't have as much as we struggled to do Christmas shows, but I'm yeah. I'm not we sure. We might that might be why I ordered it. We got so many DVDs. Sometimes I forget where I got them. Like, did I get that one at a thrift store? Or did I order that brand? Because <laughs> <laughs> I have found some some gems at the thrift store that were, have been out of print and stuff like that. No, now it is if you want to watch this movie. If you want to check it out for yourself, which I always encourage you to do, if you have Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime Video, you can watch it streaming. It's on Amazon Prime, and also it's on Blu-ray for like nineteen ninety-nine. The copy that we have on DVD, the double feature, it must be out of print because it's, it's a copy for like thirty-four nineteen, thirty-four dollars on here. You can get the Silent Night Deadly Night two by itself though on a DVD. Or it's on Prime Video, I think. But you can get the like I said, you can get the original on. You can watch it for free on Prime, or you can get it for twenty bucks on Blu-ray. It's available. It's easy to get. Who knows? It might even be on YouTube. I haven't checked that out yet. And speaking of YouTube, I'll post definitely post the trailer on the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook page, along with a bunch of photos. Oh, you know, I forgot. There was a copy released a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Shot Factory or who did it. Might have been for an anniversary release. And it came with like an eight-inch figure of Billy in the Santa suit with the axe. <laughs> and I, don't, I guess it was might have been Blu-ray and you know had extras and stuff. So that would be something to find if you could find that. I'm not, cool. I, I don't know how much it was. But I'll, I'll post a picture of that. I'll find a picture of that and post that on the Facebook page along with as much other cool stuff as I can find. Nice. We were going to talk about music. Oh, yeah, the music in this. There's tons of Christmas songs in this movie, but only one or two are actual Christmas songs that you know. Yeah. The kids at one point at the very end sing Deck the Halls. Right. Up to that point, I believe, every other Christmas song, I'm like, 
we were watching this going, I've never heard this song. I've never heard this song. What is that song? Well, it turns out they were all written for the movie. And I forget the guy's name that wrote them. But it's in the credits. He wrote all these new Christmas songs just for this movie, I believe. And there is a soundtrack. Oh, really? Don't know if it's available anymore, but all those songs are on the soundtrack, along with the orchestral uh, incidental music, which was pretty good. Yeah, The suspense music and everything. That was actually quite good in this, I thought. Yeah, I thought so, too. The, so I, liked I wouldn't, the music I wouldn't mind this. getting the soundtrack, actually. Actually, when we stop recording, I'm going to look it up <laughs> and yeah, might but... order it if it's available. The Christmas songs, though, the cool, the lyrics are foreboding. Yeah, they are. Well, the, I don't remember all of the Christmas song lyrics. And, and most of them you only hear you know, a line pieces, yeah. or two. But the one at the closing credits, I really like that one. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm going to, I'll probably put it in here. Did you do your best this year? Do it now. It was quite fun. I think that's about all I got. Uh, other than to reiterate, check this movie out. If, you, if you're looking for a fun Christmas horror movie. This is definitely a fun one. It, it's light, and it's not lighthearted, but it's not super heavy, overly dramatic. It's just, here's the story. Here's what's going on. Boom. Moving right along. Here's some kills. It's Christmas. There's the end of the movie. <laughs> and you could probably MST3K this if you're sitting around with a bunch of people. Get some pizza. There were a few instances I, I could throw a couple good lines in, but yeah, I just maybe. sat there and watched it and enjoyed it. But it's also, it's not bad that you feel compelled to do that. Yeah, it's not it's not MST3K bad, but no. it, there were a few moments. But, you know, that's true with a lot of horror films because, oh, yeah. you know, it's kind of what you yeah. do. I mean, the acting in this is pretty good. It's competent yeah, for most no, everybody right. in it. I mean, like I said, everybody in it, just about, except Billy and one or two of the other people, have done tons of work. So. Right. They were all veteran actors by the point this came out. True. But yeah, get a copy of this, watch it on Amazon Prime, look it up on YouTube, put it on before Christmas here, and enjoy. And let so, us know what you think. Yeah. Drop us a line on the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook page. Easy to do. It's free. <laughs> or drop us an email at the Phantasmo After Dark email. It's phantasmoad at gmail.com. So you that's about it. it. That's all I've got. That's it. We only have one thing left to do. Yes, we have to play the game. Prove that the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. That's right. Hit me. All right. I'm not sure who I want to use. I'm going to go with the Mr. Sims character. What's his name? Britt Leach? Britt Leach. Leach. Okay. There's probably a quicker way to go. Okay. Because he's done... Give me something fun. He's done probably over 100 movies. I'm I, Maybe I'm exaggerating. I know he's done at least 70. He's probably done over 100 Movie and TV rules. Okay. What comes to mind immediately. <laughs> okay. He did. <laughs> this is fun. He did Dukes of Hazard. Okay. Okay. Did an episode of Dukes of Hazard. Jimmy Best, who was Roscoe on Dukes of Hazard, mm-hmm. did Hooper with Burt Reynolds. Okay. Burt Reynolds did Cannonball Run. Right. With Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. owned. The Caesar statue from Battle for the Planet of the Apes had in his backyard. (laughs) (laughs) 
okay, technically that counts, but that's but, odd. But I'll I'll do I'll go a different way. I'll go to the movie. <laughs> okay, get to the movie. That was just fun. But I like that because <clears throat> you know interesting trivia. Yeah, you're welcome. Which now resides in the um, garden at the actor's home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Let's see. Okay, Britt Leach. Um, what else did he do? I'll go back. I'll do Dukes of Hazard. Okay. Britt Leach did episode Dukes of Hazard mm-hmm. with James Best. Okay. James Best also did episode of the Green Hornet, okay. playing a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Green Hornet, Van Williams and Bruce Lee did an episode of Batman, mm. the C6 Batman series, yeah. which Roddy McDowell also did an episode of that as Bookworm, Roddy McDowell, Planet Apes. How about that? Is that satisfactory? Fair enough. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a much quicker way given that man's length of, you know, lengthy credit filmography. I would have to look him up though, but that's just what comes to mind. Well, you did good. Thank you. Thank you. And once again, proving the world evolves around Planet of the Apes. Does indeed. Good job. Thank you. That's about it, I guess. I think so. So, till next time, if we don't get another one out before Christmas with the holidays and everybody being as busy as they are and we are, Merry Christmas everybody. Merry Christmas. Good night. Good night.